Hey everyone, welcome to the One Track Punk Show, the podcast where I chat with guests to see what inspires them to do what they do and what gives them the drive to pursue it. My name is John Layola, also known as One Track Punk, and this is an OTG throwback. On this episode, we had a chance, Corey and I had a chance, to chat with Jeff LaPere, who is the co-creator, the director writer for a web series called Pure Ownage. And Pure Ownage, if you don't know, it's an old web series that aired quite a while ago. And um, this was a web series strictly about video games and gaming. So I highly recommend everyone to check out Pure Ownage because it was one of the few web series that kicked off video games online actually so so again this is jeff lapere enjoy hey gamers welcome to a special episode with our special guest jeff lapere from pure ownage yay (laughs) (laughs) all right i'm here yay thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us on our podcast no problem at all. It's a pleasure to be here. Cool. Thank you. Um, so our first half, I just want to get to know you a lot better. Um, so I just want to start things off with, what do, you, what do you like to do? What are your hobbies? What do I like to do? Um, well, I, I, I like playing games. <laughs> yeah. <nice. laughs> uh, yeah. You know, I, yeah, I guess uh, it might go without saying. But um, yeah, you know, I've been, been a gamer like for a long time. Uh, uh, back, way back in the 90s, you know, I've always been a PC guy, like, you know, I had, had my, my dad's old XT, you know, CGA monitor, like really old school in the early 90s. And then, you know, our first 486 color VGA was like, wow. And, and you know, so I've kind of seen gaming evolve since, I guess, the really early days. And, uh, and wow, where we're at now, like the games that we have now and the just the number of games like i guess it's my main hobby in the sense that like there are more games than than i have time to play that i i want to play <laughs> but you know i try to balance it out too with you know physical activity i'm a big you know fan of cycling and you know just from a for 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 leisure not any any competitive or anything like that but you know i love going on a bike ride i like getting outside <laughs> okay um you know but uh you know there's nothing like uh Still in in the in the middle of the summer on a hot day, being in a cool basement <laughs> where it's dark and you can just sit there and game, and that's like you know that's kind of how I grew up, right? It's always kind of been my main hobby. Cool. Uh, that gaming and uh, and music, I guess, you know. Oh, okay. Cool. Nice. Cool. Um, so, what uh, what inspired you to get into making movies or film? Uh, I guess it was the fact that one of my friends had a camera. Oh, okay. It was, it was always neat. It was always like fun to make videos, and you know, for school projects back in the day too, we used to just make videos, and it would be fun. You know, we did like Terminator Two parodies and stuff like that <laughs> for French class, and it was like, <laughs> oh, wow, how'd that go? <laughs> like, uh, it was, <laughs> yeah, we made a video once, and and uh, we were supposed to, you know. For French class, you're supposed to be speaking more, but there yeah. was a lot of guns that were speaking. So that's oh. what, actually what the teacher remarked on. She said, I think the guns are speaking more than the students in this video. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, it was it was just the fact that it was fun to get together with friends and make videos. And um, so back in where I grew up in Calgary, Canada, uh, we had a group of friends that were sort of creative. And, you know, we liked making comedy videos. And we actually made a pilot for 
a pilot for television like in, in, back in the day on VHS and oh. sort of shopped it around in our newbie way. It was like a sketch comedy thing, which is what everyone's doing now and everyone's kind of does, you know, making little sketches and whatever on YouTube and all that kind of stuff. So we were doing that a long time ago. And uh, some of those friends um, uh, were, were also involved in the Pironage uh, videos that we started making. So Joel Gardner was in there and Jared Kale was in there as well in that group of friends. Um, but yeah, we just like to make videos basically because we had the equipment that we had access to and we thought it was really neat. Um, so yeah, uh, later on in 2003, 2004 is when I started working with Jared on the Pironage show. And, and uh, I guess maybe a lot of you know that story, but uh, <laughs> we, can, we can get into that later. But yeah, the reason why we started was because, um, you know, we just thought it was fun. Oh, That's cool. awesome. That's yeah. the best reason. Oh yeah, that is. Yeah, there's a lot of you know creative people online nowadays, especially that are you know self-broadcasting and you know comic artists and musicians and people just doing things because they want to do them and kind of sliding into a career. Yeah, you know, which is I think is fantastic and especially um, you know th there's nothing like the realm of online comics for that kind of thing because they kick the ass of traditional comics. Oh. <laughs> you know, like XKCD is one of the best comics ever to exist and um you know like garfield like what like you know like sure foxtrot's really amazing and you know there are some good traditional comics but uh rex morgan md you know ran for years and years and years well there could have been the quality of xkcd i don't know it's it's one of those things that uh you know uh, uh online comics are just so much better than than they are tra traditionally and and that ended up uh being something unique but yeah I, I love it you know it's I grew up with the internet and I've just seen where it's going and um, yeah and what it's done for us as artists too you know I probably wouldn't be in a creative field if it wasn't for the internet and being oh, able right. to publish online yeah yeah you wanna so what are your like top I don't know three or five video games of all time if you've been gaming your whole life I'm sure you have a list yeah um, if <laughs> it's a tough question to sort of you know, yeah, to quantify because it depends on where you are in your life and where technology was at at the time. But sort of compensating for that, you know, like I guess if we just look at the time when they existed and what was available now and what the competition was and what the technology was like, I'd still say, you know, Civilization Two mm, was wow. one of the best games of all time. Um, you know, it's not multiplayer, it's not, you know, all that kind of stuff, and it wasn't too fancy, but just, if you look in terms of raw game design, and what it was, and what else was around there at the time, um, I think we've, we've talked about this before, when, you know, Jarrett and I, we do a, a weekly show, and we talk a lot about the history of video games, because we're, we're old guys, <laughs> um, and, you know, uh, it might, it might be, you know, this maybe five years ago was when it was at its worst point, where it was like, you know, another FPS, another FPS, another FPS. And it was just kind of like, you're just reskinning the same game. But people didn't, you know, the modern gaming consumer didn't really realize, um, you know, how much they were just playing the same games over and over again because they weren't there during the genre boom, you know, in the, in the 90s when new technology was coming out and inspiring game designers to just do something completely different. Um, and turn-based sort of civilization-growing strategy one epic game that will take you a month was like something that was new uh, at the time. And for Sid Meier to just, you know, to, to come up with this concept and build it. And there's no game like it and I'm going to build it. And 
you know, uh, RTS didn't exist until um, until Dune 2 and Command and & Conquer. And someone was like, hey, wouldn't it be great if you clicked and you could tell all your units where to move around the map? And, you know, a new game would come out. It would be its own genre. It would be a brand new genre on the shelf sitting there in your hands in one game that could possibly be seminal and be, you know, a big a big uh, influence in the in the gaming world. Hmm. Um, mm -hmm. So you know, thinking about it from that kind of perspective, I'd say Civ Two was really was really amazing, and and likewise, uh, you know, the original Command and Conquer, uh, the first multiplayer sort of really really well done multiplayer real time strategy game. But of course, the genre is kind of it's not as big as it. Uh, it's kind of uh, stagnating now, I should say, with MOBAs yeah. and everything yeah. else that's going on. And um, but yeah, I, I think I think with the rise of indie games, we're kind of seeing that come back sort of that uh that uh you know new genres popping up you know someone made minecraft and or notch made minecraft and was like you know i'm gonna just have an open world sandbox and it became very influential but anyway i'm getting off track i, don't know, I got I, two, I got I, I got two more games to to mention as, as best <laughs> ever <laughs> I, I i'd also say from sort of a you can really really appreciate the design of or at least i really appreciated the design of fallout 3 Ooh, from yes sort of a uh, an, an open world sandbox game where when I played anyway and I think it was I don't know maybe you guys can chime in on your experience um, it was a it was really great how the world was presented to me when I was exploring it and just when I was getting bored and I thought I needed a new story or a quest one popped up and it just seemed to be timed out and designed really well that way yeah so that was a that was an amazing experience for me. I really felt immersed in the world, and I never felt like quests became a chore because my quest log was too full, and I never felt like I had too many stories to keep track of. And right when I thought I needed a new weapon, I got one, and it was cool. And you know, um, so I don't know if you guys had that experience when you. I assume you played Fallout Three. Yeah, it's actually one of my all-time favorite games. Um, there's so much to do in that world. You could spend a hundred hours and still, you know, keep finding new things. Exactly. Like I, like I kind of feel like, you know, I should go back. Like I'm playing Fallout 4 right now. It's not really gripping me as much as 3 did. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, I kind of feel like I should go back and play Fallout 3 because I'll, I'll probably be, you know, 60, 70 percent new experience completely, right? Yeah. Um, have you played New Vegas also? I did play New Vegas. Yeah. Okay, because that's another really good one. But yeah, four just lost the touch of it. And um, but yeah, definitely, I'd recommend going back to three because you'll you'll find new stuff every time. Yeah, and like I, I can't really pinpoint um, why four didn't grip me as much, like because uh, I'm not a game designer, I don't really understand the subtleties or whatever. But it might have just been a lot of stuff that came together with Fallout Three. But I'm you know I'm not one to critique and start sort of saying they should have done this or should have done that. I can just only speak about my general experience with the game and just appreciate that I think Fallout Three was a very very well tuned, well designed um, sandbox FPS. Yeah, definitely. I got to think of another, you know, uh, if I, <laughs> I go down the list uh, in my head, I'm thinking old school versus new school. I don't know. I'd, you know what? <laughs> Maybe some, some people aren't going to like this, but, you know, I, I still play a lot of League. <laughs> oh, League of Legends. Okay. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I still play and I still, you know, I, I think it's a really well done game. I think it's, you know, if I feel like gaming, I, I kind of have to, you know, either... You know, I, I I often default just into playing another game of League or a quick arm or something like that. Um, but you know, you gotta appreciate League of Legends. Come on. Yeah. You know, I mean, unless like you're a Dota fan. The whole new MOBA genre. 
Yeah, that's that's another thing. Like um, you know, like <laughs> to really popularize a genre. I don't think they started it. It was well, I guess they they took Dota. Dota was the oh. first. Book, okay. Wasn't it? I don't yeah. remember. It's a good question. It was it was a it was a war it was a a Warcraft three mod was it? Oh, that's uh, right. That's, that's right. right. Okay. Yeah. So whoever modded that game sort of invented it, but they really polished it, I think, and and popularized it, and uh, they sure you know, did. Yeah. Free to play model, all that kind of stuff. But um, yeah, um, yeah. If if you're gonna if you're gonna you know make me quantify a top three ish, maybe <laughs> there's my list. <laughs> that's a good list. That's a good list. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, you know, Command and Conquer General Zero Hour, I will always have a special place in my heart. Just cause. oh, yes, <laughs> <laughs> it still it still is the best RTS. It still is to this day. Ooh, it's over ten years old. Cool, nice. Yeah. All right. Um, so yes, thank you for your answers. Now, uh, now to get into pure ownage, um, how did you uh, get in? How did pure ownage start? How did you get involved with it? Like, who was the brainchild? I guess who wanted to start that? So um, when I found out, again, you know, having access to the equipment made it fun to like make videos and stuff. So I found out that you could rent video cameras from the library and for free. And I was like, oh, I'm going to do oh. that. I'm going to make some videos just for fun. So this was back in, in 2003. Um, and Jared had just moved from Calgary to Toronto to pursue his stand-up uh, comedy. Oh. And, um, and uh, so I had... Uh, borrowed the camera and I was shooting some test footage and Jared came over that day to hang out and um, we shot two videos. Uh, one was a sort of Sam Raimi type horror, cheesy horror film of Jared <laughs> be, being chased downstairs by some POV demon. You know, so I was running up and down stairs with the camera and like chasing after Jared and I was going to cut this together into some like demon type video. <laughs> I never ended up finishing it because the other thing we shot was um, Jarrett, who happened to be wearing a bandana that day, improvising about Command and Conquer Generals. And Zero oh, okay. Out. Too, buddy, too, too bad, buddy. My Jarman's on a bike. And like, you know. Um, so, and then I cut that into a, a, a trailer for a show that didn't exist called Pure Onage. And, and then, um, so there's the original Pure Onage video, which I think is on our YouTube channel. You can find it. It's like episode zero or whatever. Is what oh. we shot, and then everyone was like, "Look at this guy!" And everyone kind of shared it, and like 600 people downloaded the file, and we were like, "600 people watched that! Oh my god, <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome!" So then we actually ended up making, started making episodes, and people sort of shared it, and it was a different sort of internet altogether, in that people went to websites and shared things and hung out in discussion forums and all that. So oh yeah, we were able to grow, and there was no such thing as YouTube and internet TV. There was no such thing except for maybe Homestar Runner and the other OG series like Red vs. Blue. Yeah, yeah. Um, there was no streaming video. It was just, you know, DivX had just come out and XVID so you could compress your videos to a reasonable size and have reasonable quality. So that all this, all this technology was sort of just coming out that allowed us to do internet television at that time. And there was no such thing as really other sort of live action gaming web series. So... People were like, wow, look, there's a show about gamers and it's real. It's like the writers <laughs> actually play games. <laughs> the guys in the show actually play games and they're making a show. So then that was our sort of key to popularity, I suppose, is that people started sharing. And of course, FPS Doug was a big hit with the boom headshot. Was oh, yeah. Yes. Time. Um, so, yeah, so that's how we kind of took off and started making the show. Um, and then we started spending more and more of our time on it until it became our jobs. Cool. 
And now we just released a movie. It's 2016. It's been more than 10 years since Pionage started. And here we are with our movie, which you can check out on Pionage.com. And, uh, and yeah, we've come a long way, I think, if you watch the first episode of the web series and you watch the movie. It's quite different in, in, uh, in terms of uh, te- technology as well, right? And, exactly. And gaming has changed, too, and everything. You know, we've, cut, we've, we've kept with the times. And, and uh, yeah. So much has changed when I think back talking about old school Pironage. It, it definitely has. Yeah, my uh, my older brother actually showed me the the web series from way back. Um, he's actually the reason I, I know you guys, and uh, he's he's a huge fan. So I, I was rewatching the first like three or four, the very first episodes, and it's it has it's been so long, and it's, it's what I like about it. It's so funny still. Like I was laughing the whole time. Nice. Yeah, like the the, the comedy, at least for me as a gamer, like definitely held up, and it's over 10 years later and uh i don't know i thought that was just so cool yeah it's still funny like like every probably like once a year i i rewatch the whole series over and over again at least one time a year cuz um it's just a, it's something i relate to as as growing up and then when this movie finally came out and just starting watching it i had like this big grin on my face just watching it saying like oh these characters are back and we're seeing like what is happening with these characters again it was just great yeah, we we sort of had a challenge when we started writing the movie to to you know where are these characters now and what are they doing you know everyone's older and you know do they have jobs all that kind of stuff and um, so the the whole um, you know uh, spoiler alert uh, if you haven't seen the movie but um, have you got, you guys have seen the movie right yeah yes, you guys have both seen, I've it? seen it yeah, yeah. yeah. so um, you know when Jeremy's an accountant and he's kind of in his job and you know a lot of people came out to us after the movie and they said I can relate to that. You know, oh yeah, I'm working a job and you know not having the time to game and whatever. You know, where are you in your in your life now? And uh, and we're like, cool, cool, yeah. You know, it's like, so what do you guys do? And they're like, we're accountants. <laughs> These three guys, <laughs> like actually actually accountants now. It's like, yeah, I guess you can relate. <laughs> but you, you know, them in their hearts. Yeah, but you know, the the state of gaming has changed so much. You know, the idea, you know, it's a joke that Jeremy calls himself a pro gamer in 2004, right? But of course now. He would have been a pro gamer. Exactly. <laughs> he would have been, you know. So, um, you know, we, we wanted to work with the sort of whole pro gaming thing uh, as well because it is so huge these days. But also, if you compare like uh, episode two of the web series with all the girls who are like, what's a noob? You know, they don't know gaming. They don't, you know, they're like, is this like a gamer thing? Because that would be really weird, you know. Yeah. Um, like people didn't play games. They, there weren't any mobile games. There weren't, you know, like most all those girls that we interviewed were not gamers. And, but of course, now, if you took a, a similar age group and similar demographic of, of you know, people to interview, they would be all like, oh, yeah, I play this game. I play, like everybody plays a game, yeah. whether it's a mobile game on their phone or anything like everyone's a gamer. And, um, you know, some a lot of people play are playing, you know, get into into gaming very casually, even on in the PC side of things. Right. So, um, you know, thing it's changed so much in that everybody's a gamer and it's not a weird thing anymore. So. You know, we, we used to get a lot of feedback from people back in 2004 saying, you know, uh, I started watching Pionage and I was wearing my shirt at school and, and this guy I didn't really know, you know, saw my shirt and was like, you watch Pionage? I'm a gamer. I, I didn't know that that guy was a gamer. And, and we bonded because we're both gamers. And it's, it was a thing. It was like sort of something you did at home and you didn't talk about a lot. And, you know, you, you didn't self-identify publicly as being a gamer. And then when you made gamer connections, when you found out someone else was a gamer, you could talk about video games and... You know, that was sort of the high school climate in 2004. But now, in 2016, everybody's a gamer in a high exactly. school. They all play, yeah. you know, 
you can just assume they're playing, <laughs> you know, Fallout 4, or that, you know, they're, they're playing GTA 5 or whatever. Um, so, you know, it's, it's a different time. And, uh, this, yeah, if we did Pyronage today, it would be very different. <laughs> Pyronage yeah. Next Generation. Did you ever uh, think there would be a movie? Or, like, were you aiming for a movie when you first started? Um, well, we kind of always thought of the web series as a bunch of short films. Okay. Um, so it was more cinematic than sort of regular television. Yeah. But, uh, you know, a full feature film is very different um, from any of the content that we've done before. So... I've talked about this before in other interviews about when we started making the movie, we had to learn how to write a movie because it's very different from television, very different from short films or web series. And I hope it feels like a movie because we tried to make it the structure, you know, uh, according to a traditional movie and the stakes really high and all that kind of thing. I think we pulled it off and with sort of the big scenes and all that kind of stuff. But um, the intention wasn't really to make to get to a movie uh, off the bat, it was sort of go with the flow, right? People wanted a web series and we could reach them on the internet and then that's what we made. We we would actually make them sort of one at a time and write them, shoot them, edit them, release them and then, okay, that episode's done, what's going on now? So we were able to stay very current in making the, the original web series. When a new game came out, it was in the show right away. Mm-hmm. And you know, two weeks later, there's there's something about that game in Pironage, which was great. Because traditionally television is written ahead of time and it might take eight months to, to release something that you've started making. Uh, and, and of course a lot can happen in gaming during those eight months. So we were a bit afraid with the movie because we knew the movie was going to take a long time to make. And we were worried that, um, for instance, that Google Glass might have taken off and become huge. And everyone's wearing Google Glass by the time our movie <laughs> comes out. And we're like, oh, we're making fun of it. And we're saying, you know, it's kind of lame. So... Uh, you know, I hope Google or, you know, there might be League of Legends 2 that comes out and here we are playing League of Legends 1 or whatever, right? Like, hmm. so we were kind of worried about staying current with the movie. So some of the some some of the way that we wrote it wasn't necessarily uh, dependent on anything that might change in the next two months. Right. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I think we pulled it off and, you know, Google Glass isn't popular and is, I think has been abandoned. Uh, because no one really wants a face computer. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we kind of make fun of that in the movie. And, yeah, you did. Uh, it, was, it was good though. Yeah, um, guys checked it out. <laughs> Do you have any favorite moments from the show from way back? Uh, favorite moments from the show? I think maybe... I, I, I think my favorite screening was the episode 10 screening, which we did in Toronto. And people love that episode. There's a great emotional flow to it. And... We've had a great reaction from it. It's many people's favorite episodes of the web series, probably mine as well. But when we screened it in Toronto, there was a standing ovation at the end, and people just jumped out of their seats and just started applauding. And they just, you know, such a feel-good moment at the end. And I think it was the way that the music worked out and all that. Um, uh, you know, it was one of my favorite moments to be there in the theater and see the emotional impact on the audience and all that. And um, yeah, a lot of people. And then we got emails after people saying you know i asked out my girlfriend because of that episode or whatever i did this i took a leap of faith and i had the confidence to do something important in my life nice uh, because of that episode so to be able to like you know know that you had that impact and it's it's weird as a creator because you don't set out to do that necessarily you don't say i'm going to inspire people to go get girlfriends or to go like you know 
make some ballsy move and improve their lives or whatever, right? Like you're just yeah. like, I think this is a good story. I think this makes sense, and I think this is this would be a good episode, you know. And I think people would laugh here and enjoy it here and feel good here at the end, you know. So, um, yeah, it's not like you can set out and design something to have that kind of impact, and it's very difficult to pull off too. Sure, it involves a lot of luck and a lot of things to come together. Also, so uh, yeah, I think that was probably my favorite moment of working on the web series was the episode ten screening. Cool. How was the? So you were able to take the the movie and screen it around everywhere. How was that? Uh, it was it was a lot of fun. The movie was well received. You know, we even some of our more skeptical fans who are very honest with their feedback, who have been with us for a long time, and if an episode sucks, they're like, "It sucks." Oh. <laughs> Uh, they they like the movie. So even, you know, if that was my litmus test, if Scree doesn't like the movie, then we failed. <laughs> but he liked the movie. He's like, no, it's good. It's great. It's all right. Yeah. <laughs> it's all right. So I'm like, all right, good. So, so yeah, the I don't think anybody left the theater unsatisfied, uh, except for at one of the screenings, we had just some people walking in being like, you know, what is this about? It was oh. like, it's brilliant. They're like, oh, I'll check it out. So maybe they didn't like it. I don't know. They left <laughs> for the Q&A. <laughs> I was oh. going to ask them. Because they weren't exactly, you know, our demographic. They were a bit older than the other fans. But, hmm. uh, but yeah, we went all around um, uh, the USA. And uh, we had a, a screening in London, UK, which a lot of people from Europe flew out to. Cool. Which was really nice. So, you know, we're sitting there in our hotel checking in in London. And there's a guy smiling with an Iron Noob shirt looking at us. And he's like, he's like, yeah, I'm here for the screening. I'm from the Netherlands. I'm like, wow, great. You flew out for it. <laughs> That's awesome. So, yeah, we had some good Q&As after, and a lot of people told us, you know, during my formative years, I watched Pironage, and it's had an impact on me, and it's very nostalgic and all that kind of stuff. And um, that is really what's amazing to me, because I have those feelings about other shows and other media, right? And yeah. I know how much of an impact it can have, and I, I'm seeing it from a completely different perspective from being... Um, a creator of Pure Orange, it's it's kind of nostalgic for me too because it's been a long time and it was very close to our hearts when we were making it. Um, but yeah, it's it's great to have that kind of an impact and to be able to, you know, make a movie about it that people also enjoy and kind of brings them back. So there was a lot of those feelings in the screenings and you know, every, yeah, it was all it was. It's a feel good sort of tour, right? Yeah. Um, people, we went to Minneapolis like, thank you so much for coming. You know, usually people go to Chicago and skip our city. And, um, <laughs> so and we also hung out with the fans as well, you know, just chatting and having beers in the after party and all that kind of stuff. So that's a lot of fun. Cool. You want to get that one? Yeah. Uh, so what was it like working with Jared? Uh, Jared? Well, we've been friends since like the fifth grade. <laughs> so, oh, okay, cool. Uh, you know, we've always kind of, um, uh, you know, gelled creatively in that, you know, one of us will have an idea, then the other will be like, well, what if we change it this way and make it better? And then the other person will, will make the idea even better with another twist on it or whatever. So there's a good creative synergy there. And um, oftentimes when we write, we just meet up and we start talking about what's going on in the world. You know, kind of like our our weekly uh, street live streaming shows. We just talk about stuff and then ideas come out and we said, oh, we should make a show about this or an episode about this or whatever. So it's kind of like hanging out, half hanging out, half writing when we write the when we wrote the web series and the movie. Oh, um, okay. But, um, yeah, I guess it's very natural for him to play Jeremy, of course, because he is that gamer and he is, you know, really into these games and passionate about them and, you know, as, uh, takes the game very seriously and competitively. 
And Kyle, on the other hand, is more closer to how I game, which is I just want to have fun. <laughs> I don't oh, care. Yeah. You know, I do care <laughs> about winning, but you know, I always explain to people the difference between Jared and I when it comes to gaming is that back in the day when we were playing a lot of Command and Conquer, I would play a game of Command and Conquer and then you know have fun playing games of Command and Conquer. But Jared would get up early in the morning, and he would literally start a computer match and practice build orders with GLA. He would just just do the first 45 seconds of the game over and over and over again, practicing different build orders, seeing if he could, you know, shave two seconds or whatever, or one second, getting his arms dealer up oh, yeah. uh, sooner yeah. and getting a technical in the enemy's base, you know, three seconds earlier than his last <laughs> build order. <laughs> so that you know, he 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 would he would do drills to get better. Um, and that's sort of the difference, right? I would think that would be boring for me. Yeah. But for him, it's so much fun because then you go online and your hands are shaking and your heart's beating because you got your new build order and, you know, you don't want to miss a click at all. You don't want to miss click. You don't want to, you know, your workers have to go exactly where you want them to go at the exact right time exactly. so that you can shave those precious seconds off of getting the technical, rocket-filled technical in the enemy's base to mess up their supply chain early on. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's the that's what it's like working with Jarrett. <laughs> cool, awesome. So I guess my, our final question will be kind of uh, so. Where's uh, how do you think Pionage will go now? Do you do you want to continue with that, or is it just going to end with a movie? Because with uh, Patreon, I mean, like you can. Have you ever thought about doing Patreon and continuing with Pironage and doing like a video like a month each time? Uh, yes. So we have considered, we've, we've thought about this a lot actually. And it's, you know, we, we have considered Patreon and we do have a Patreon plan that is in motion right now. Oh, so, cool. and the results of the Patreon campaign launch will dictate greatly what kind of content we're making. Um, the the first question is like, what kind of show is it? Is it is it the web series again? Is it you know twenty two minute episodes once every several months that we're doing, or is it um, you know sort of more like a vlog style thing? Because the kind of content that's being made online is very different and has changed. And it has, uh, yeah. You know, YouTube is very personality driven, and you know, a younger demographic as well. It's a lot of nine year olds on their iPads and that kind of stuff, you know, watching Minecraft videos and PewDiePie type stuff is very mm. popular. But you don't see a lot of Pironage type shows that are popular. And if you do, you know, they've got 100,000 views here and there. And you're not going to make enough money to keep the show going. You know, you know, what is that, like $100 in ad revenue from, <laughs> from AdSense? So, like, what the kind of stuff that's big on YouTube is you make three four videos a week and it's someone talking to a camera jump cut very quick and it's stuff for you know eight to twelve year olds yeah on their ads right and it's like you know that's not the kind of content we want to make and we probably wouldn't be very good at that kind of content but um to support a new web series type thing is we can certainly do that with patreon and the fans um i think uh, the founder of patreon jack conte one of the founders said the problem with YouTube is that it doesn't measure how much people like watching your content. Oh. So that's, that's why he, he started, because he's a musician. He was a guy who was making content on YouTube and it, he was making very high quality music videos that would take a long time and he was getting good numbers. But again, it doesn't, you know, one view is 
such a small amount of revenue, he couldn't sustain himself as an artist. So he's, he's, that's why he started pa pa Patreon. But yeah, so we're we're gonna see. We have a plan, and we have sort of you know depending on the revenues, this is what we're gonna make this this kind of thing. And we haven't finalized it 100%, which is why it hasn't been launched. Okay. But yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll we'll see. We'll see the you know what kind of content works and what people like and what sticks because um, we don't really know. We're we've been hearing a lot of things about. We're we're really excited about doing live content, live shows, which is why we're doing our live streaming once a week. Yeah, but um, we might pivot that show into some other kind of format. I just read recently that the Nerdist is launching some interactive live shows, so we've been talking about that kind of stuff for a while. Cool. But yeah, the, you never know what the future holds because, like I said uh, earlier, we didn't really plan a lot of Pironas. It just kind of happened, and things happened organically, and what stuck stuck. So we'll try to go through that process again. Cool. Yeah, I definitely wish you the best of luck because I'm I've always supported you guys since like I don't know since I first watched your online web series. Oh man, that's great! Yeah, we really appreciate the support from people like you and from all the fans because really it wouldn't exist and um, you know to be able to after all these years launch a movie campaign and get it crowdfunded like that's amazing. Like a lot of people, they're like you know they give us more than two hundred dollars for this movie and it's Ooh. like wow, we had thousands of people give us over two. To, uh, over a hundred dollars and like it's just amazing like the amount of support and so we we owe you guys a movie because now <laughs> it's like it's so direct it's so like you know the fans give you money you make stuff <laughs> <laughs> it it's, is. A, it's a very direct relationship these days there's no middleman really <laughs> no yeah this is like the power of the internet yeah it's remarkable it's great to see so many artists making a living again like back to the whole like online comics thing musicians all that kind of stuff uh sure sure there's a lot of it that um I think is sort of clickbaity and you know <laughs> oh, exactly it, it, it's not the perfect artist paradise and there's a lot of garbage out there but yeah. uh, there's a lot of you know uh, it might not be my cup of tea but uh you know people uh people can get what they what they want and they can support who whom they want and and it's great cool anything else Corey? that is all i could think of okay cool <laughs> all right so uh yeah so we're gonna end we usually end our podcast with a game and this one is called The Game Name Game. Okay, so the rules in this game and the game name game is a game where a person says a video game title and then the next person has to use that ending letter of that title to name a video game title. So we'll go around in a circle. I'll start it off um, and then we'll co go to Corey and then to you, Jeff, and then it'll go back to me. But before we start the game, I just thought of something when you're talking about the game name game. Yes. You know how, you know how in movies, in the middle of the movie, some character will say the title of the movie. Yes. 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 You know. You know <laughs> yeah. that. It's yeah. Like, <laughs> that doesn't happen in video games. No. It, that's <laughs> you true. know, it's like I decided about like you know, like wouldn't that be cool though if like you're playing some game and it's like we're gonna book you for Grand Theft Auto <laughs> moment or <laughs> like you know like, <laughs> like what 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 would be the moment in sorry I didn't mean to usurp you to usurp your game but I just thought you oh, know no, what no. would be a cool moment in the middle of a video game where you say the title of a game in some epic way and it's like <laughs> I know yeah you you're watching a, like a playing StarCraft and then all of a sudden like they're all talking wait you mean there's a StarCraft out there? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, you know, today is your Independence Day moment. You know, it's like a big thing. It's like, this is going to be a brood war. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, that's, we, let's... <laughs> that's funny because I, I, there's, there's a YouTube video about that where like um, when... I think the title of it was like when a movie title is said and then it plays the end credits 
of the of the movie. So like, I guess like Superman. It's like, who is that? Is that Superman? And then all of a sudden, like the end credits pop up, and then it shows like the director of the movie. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. I remember that. It was it was pretty funny. Uh, but yeah, so I'll guess for the game name game, I'll start off. I'll say something like um, StarCraft. Uh, right. Tales from the Borderlands. Okay, so then that'll be S for you, Jeff. Ah, uh, let me think here. Well, can can we can't repeat though, right? No, we cannot repeat. Oh, okay. Hmm, a game that starts with S. I'm blanking out, guys. <laughs> You're on the spot. <laughs> I am on the spot. <laughs> I don't have a gaming shelf in this room that I'm in. I wish I did. Um, isn't there, isn't there like some game that starts with Steel? Steel no. Battalion. Yeah. Steel, yeah. Okay. There you go. There's Steel one. Battalion. Okay. So N for me. Um, Naruto, I guess, would count as one because there's a fighting game for that. All right. Um, Onimusha. Ooh. So you have uh, A. Uh. <laughs> uh. <laughs> <laughs> um, let me think here. Game of Stance with A. This is a game. I'm, just, I'm alone I'm in the dark. Oh, there nice. you go. So K, uh, Kingdom Hearts. S again. Serious Sam. Ooh. Oh, Serious Sam. Yeah. M. I think this is the Monster longest Truck game. Rally. Oh, nice. Why? Right. Oh no, why? <laughs> um, Yakuza. Amnesia. Oh, another A. Uh, what's that one? Uh, a something tale? No, what is it? An, mm, no. Mm. Mm. There's so many games that start with A. It's funny, like, this happens to us all the time when we play the game. <laughs> <laughs> we just, like, blank out. <laughs> and then once we think of something, like, after the game, like, oh, that's the one. Aftershock. Ooh. That's another K. Like, dang it. Um, I was going to say Command and Conquer, but that's a C. Okay. <laughs> 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 okay, I'm out. I can't. I can't think of anything. Damn. Uh, King's Quest. Oh, oh, that was a good one. Yeah, that was a good one. <laughs> I was gonna say King of King of Fighters. Oh yeah, like that terrible movie. I'm sure there's like 50 games that start with King. Exactly. Isn't Kingdom Hearts a game too? Oh yeah, that's. I already said that one. That was my. Oh, you did. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Killing Floor. Killing Floor. Oh, okay. So that'll Whose be. Turn is it? It's yours. R. I'm out already. So it's between uh, you and Corey. Jeff and Corey. Oh, okay. Um, Rolling Thunder. That's a classic arcade game. Okay. Uh, Resident Evil. Ooh. Oh. Um, um, what's the time limit here? <laughs> Maybe I'm out. You got uh, a few more seconds. I guess it's when you can't think of anything and you just toss it to toss in the towel. Yeah, there you go. Or this, one, this one's going to be L. It was an L, yeah. Oh, L. Yeah, Resident Evil. Leisure Suit Larry. There you go. That was, you read my mind. <laughs> <laughs> why? Um, hmm. Oh, man. I think I'm stumped. Another why. Why, why is a hard one? Yeah, we got, you said Yakuza. I already said Yakuza, yeah. Yokai Watch. <laughs> <laughs> so H? H. H would be Heroes of the Storm. Nice. Ooh, nice. Mass Effect. Ooh. T? T. Okay. Um, I think I'm out. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, no, no, no. I would be, yeah, I'd be cheating if I spent more time. <laughs> yeah, the only thing I was thinking, like, time splitters. I was thinking Tenchu. Oh, yeah, time something, right? Like, t- yeah. time. Time crisis. Yeah, yeah. What's that, what's that shoot 'em up? Uh, 
arcade shooter. That, that was a time, time crisis, yeah. Time crisis, yeah. yeah. Well, with the pedal and the gun. All right, good game, yeah. guys. Yeah. GG. GG indeed. <laughs> All right, um, so Jeff, is there anything you want to promote? Any last word that you want to say? Yeah, if you're a Pioneers fan and you haven't heard, because many, many Pioneers fans have not heard that we made a movie, and you could go to PureOrange.com, check it out. It's on Vimeo for sale. Yes. Yes, it's a great movie. Uh, it's a lot of comedy, a lot of fun times. Also, check out the show because that's that, that's great as well. <laughs> More the same. That's right. It's also on pureonage.com. Nice, nice. And uh, your Twitter is at J Lapair. G Lapair. G Lapair. Yep. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm saying Jeff. <laughs> yeah, that's it. It's the G Jeff. Yes. All right. Uh, thank you again, Jeff, for stopping by, taking the time to talk with us on our podcast. That was definitely a, a pleasure to have you because we're big, big fans of yours. Awesome, guys. Yeah, thanks for supporting us, too, and for checking out the movie and for asking me to do this. Thank you. Anytime. Yeah. <laughs> hey, everyone. Hope you enjoyed this episode of the One Track Punk Show. If you like this episode, be sure to rate and review it on iTunes, as well as sharing the podcast with other people who need some inspiration. You can follow me on various social media by searching One Track Punk, Twitter for updates, Instagram for artwork, Snapchat for vlogs. You can also support me by subscribing to my Patreon at patreon.com slash onetrackpunk. By doing so, you can get early access to the content I am creating. Thank you, everyone, and remember to get inspired. Get inspired.